0: The first thing I want to get to—it looks like you know—you can go to pennies, you can go pay maybe to a pub by the end of the month, certainly to a restaurant. Um, you know, you can queue up with no social distancing. It seems in most shops, but yet you still can't get cancer screening. And a young woman who's been fighting cervical cancer says she feels frustrated and let down that her health checkups have been completely cancelled due to the pandemic. And she joins me in the line, Eva Rafter. Good afternoon, to you, Eva.
1: Hi, Niall, thanks for having me. How are and, you? And
0: and you're very welcome to the show, Eva. I mean, you uh have cystic fibrosis um, when you were just twenty seven you were diagnosed with cervical cancer, which was very young, Eva, and I'm I'm sorry to hear that by the way, but it's that was it's unusually young, isn't it, twenty seven?
1: Yeah, it was very young and it was very fluky. Um but I was diagnosed this time last year, actually last June. Yeah when I was twenty seven and I went through my treatment um here and um yeah it's just been an absolute nightmare now since my treatment has ceased I um, I finished radiotherapy there um in January and I've had no follow-up appointments now since then, um, due to COVID. Yep. They've all been switched to virtual consultations, which is nothing of the such, um, it's just a phone call. <coughs> so. Well, wait, wait, we'll come
0: to that in a second. I think, I think it's important that we do point out, because of your age as well, uh, you know, to a lot of people, how important cervical check is, how important mm-hmm. smear tests are, particularly for young women. Uh, they same usually over the age of 25, certainly because your cells aren't changing as much. So I think it's important to put that out there, that, you know, when we get these tests back, but this is kind of an outrageous time, Eve. And I know we, we spoke to Vicky Phelan uh, about two weeks ago mm-hmm. in relation to this as well. That, you know, we have a situation where people can queue up with what seems to be no social distancing to go to pennies, but yet we can't get healthcare workers to set back up the cervical cancer screening uh, programs or exactly. any appointments.
1: I mean, it speaks volumes that the healthcare, reopening the healthcare in the way that it was, is the last thing to be addressed. I just feel so frustrated and confused like have we learned nothing from the cervical cancer scandal have we really not learned to prioritize the healthcare care in the ways that we didn't especially for you know the likes of cervical cancer and women's issues I just feel like they're always on the long finger and it, it I feel like the government is just putting their head in the sand they can't just keep saying it's not safe enough like something has to be done everything else is moving forward we're yep. the last thing to move forward it's just not good
0: enough. No I mean and over the last two months we've missed out on 40,000 probably cervical checks that's not including mammograms or early diagnosis for other cancers as well by the way and out of those 40,000 the doctor was telling me that you might get 5% would be which would be abnormal that's nothing to be too concerned about because it's quite common for that to happen but out of that 5% there could be one or 2% who may go on to develop cancer and and that in turn if you take thousands into consideration is a a couple of hundred people. So that's a couple of hundred lives that we've essentially ignored.
1: That's it, like, you know, people, like, lives have not stopped um in that regard just because COVID came along the last three months. Um, people are still unwell. People still need their screenings and they just can't get them. And it's just terrifying. Like, it's already a terrifying situation. I can imagine, being yeah. Cocooning for 15 weeks at 28 years of age when I see all my friends move forward with their lives. And then I have this added anxiety of having no tests done to see as my cancer reoccurred. Nothing like that. No outpatient clinics, no tests, no examination. It's just so petrifying. And it's, it's very lonely. I feel like there's no support.
0: I mean, you, you've obviously the added problem of having cystic fibrosis as well, which makes you quite vulnerable when it comes to COVID-19. Now, I know it's not really in the community now, which makes it a bit safer. But yeah. certainly up to last month, you know, you would have been cocooning, I imagine, and, and staying away generally from people.
1: Yeah, well, I I really am still cocooning. I don't think um, people with chronic illnesses will ever feel as safe as they once did in the communities.
0: I was, wondering about, I was wondering about that, actually, because I know with cystic fibrosis, you're constantly dealing with the fact that, well, if I even get the flu, I could end up in mm-hmm. hospital, you know, because I, I know people who have cystic fibrosis. But has this, even though we're being told by the chief medical officer, well, look, it seems like we've suppressed this in the community. The chances of you getting it are slim to none, probably at the moment. And yeah. hopefully we won't get a second wave. But, but does that make you, are you kind of socially conditioned to be fearful of it now?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, like we've had, we like my family have not been in my house. Um, there's lots of my family I haven't seen because they, some of them work in social care and they're in like the healthcare industry. So I like for me, I feel like those people will always be like other. You know, I'll never feel as safe around them as I did. Um, and people that just work in the public in general, I'm just much more aware and cautious of who I'm spending my time with. And yeah, definitely social distancing. And, and would, it, would you say
0: to the point, and, I, and I'm not having it being disrespectful, but to the point of mm-hmm. paranoia, is there a paranoia almost because of what's going on and what we're seeing around the world? Is that, I mean, is there ever, because of course scientists have said, this virus could be with us for decades, mm-hmm. um, like many other viruses, and unless we get some sort of vaccine. And even I don't know then whether you could take a vaccine or not Eva. So will yeah. there ever be a point where you can, you know, hug your family, kiss your family, you know, share a you know, share a moment with your family. Can you see that happening again? Or, or is that a distant memory now for you?
1: No, I do feel like those things will happen. But I feel like you, when you meet somebody new and you're like networking and connecting, that kind of, that culture of shaking hands, that I just, I can't imagine really going back to that sort of um, idea for me. Um, but yeah, like we're supposed to be, as you said, like the vaccine might come along. I certainly don't think I'll be eligible for that vaccine. There's lots of vaccines I haven't been able to get due to steroid intake for the years and a suppressed immune immune system now due to the radiotherapy I've had, but... And um, that's the thing. So, like, people probably aren't realizing those type of aspects. Not everyone can even have these vaccines if they do come along. So it, it is definitely life altering in the long run.
0: And, and your, your cancer, I mean, is that in remission at the moment or do you know that? I know you've had 25 rounds of radiotherapy up to January. So what's your position right now at the moment?
1: Um, Well, these are the questions I really wanted to ask um, my doctor, but I was dealing with just a reg on the phone yesterday in the end. I didn't even get my consultation with my consultant. Um, So I didn't even get answers to the majority of the questions that I wanted yesterday. so it was very disappointing. I you should really be having follow
0: up scans now at this stage. And yeah, yeah they all yeah. the
1: queries I put forward. And yeah, all I just got was like, "We'll give you a call back with further, you know, answers it's and details." That's not stuff.
0: much use. That's not much use to you, really, is it? I mean, I mean, no. particularly when your anxiety is, you know, at an all time high and you need to know. I mean, look, you're, you know, we're talking about life and death situations here, mm-hmm. and and for many women, particularly when we talk about cervical cancer, it's life and death situations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, definitely- Simon Harris
0: has said he's hoping to have it back by the end of July. We seem clearer about, you know, opening a shop or a shopping centre or a pub, uh, of course, yeah. is all in the, the news today, than we do about talking about things that actually save people's life.
1: That's it. And there's been no mention of when outpatient clinics will be back up. I mean, I have an oncology appointment now in St. Vincent's for October. And that letter says virtual consultation. And that's October. So, so there's face to face. There's no
0: face to face consultation.
1: No, there's nothing like and there's no scans like I'm not getting my scan before that as I normally would and my blood test while I'm there. I'm not getting any of these things. I'm not getting examined because this is all over the phone.
0: And I, and I and I don't want to be the, the grim reaper here for anybody listening today, but I mean, the problem is if we don't diagnose things quickly, you know, they can obviously get a lot worse. Uh, if we diagnose things quickly, we can deal with it quickly. I mean, that's the problem. And in the UK, I know we had a professor on last week who said that for every six months the COVID goes on, he mentioned 60,000 people could die of undiagnosed cancers. Now, that's the UK obviously with a bigger population than Ireland, yeah. but if we put that into perspective here in Ireland, we could be talking thousands of people as well next year okay. who may have undiagnosed undiagnosed cancers or could could become very ill or indeed die.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and so many people have reached out to me that even have um, other like chronic illnesses or respiratory illnesses. And they definitely have said, like, I feel my chronic illness has worsened since I'm not getting the care that I was getting three, four months ago. Even those, everything is getting affected. Every single illness and department of hospitals is just getting affected. Patients need the care. And it's not fair on the medical practitioners being in this position for three months now And going around their nature and not being able to give us the essential healthcare that we need.
0: And I I, I spoke to a nurse recently in a a major Dublin hospital and she said she was concerned because of the amount of empty beds. She's never seen anything like it in Mm -hmm. her life. And she said, I know patients who are kind of maybe regulars, uh, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And she said, I haven't seen them in a long time. And she said, there's people out there with heart disease, you know, stroke, all those other illnesses that we normally deal with quite quickly. uh, They're not going to hospitals and they're not being seen.
1: Yeah, and that's it, man. Like, they're still unwell. Like, that has not stopped just because COVID is here. That has not stopped. And that's what's so petrifying. And that's why we need communication. If there has been a plan to reopen the economy, for God's sake, why has there been no communication about opening up the healthcare system again? Even just to address it. There's Why do you think it's not hours. happening,
0: but Eva? Because it's, we've talked about it on the show. As I said, we had Vicky Feeling on two weeks ago as well talking about it. I've talked about it numerous times. I've tweeted about it. Uh, Simon Harris knows about it. Alan Kelly talked about it in The Doll and talked about the secondary deaths of COVID 19 or the non COVID related deaths that could happen if we didn't address this. And yet we still seem to have an issue with healthcare workers, and I'm not having to go with all of them, not wanting to work. Because we had a woman on last week, and her poor mother had bed sores, 80 years of age her 60-year-old mother looks after her granny and because the healthcare worker saw the mother, who's the carer for the granny, cough. Now, she has COPD, that's why she coughed. Mm -hmm. Um, She ran out of the house and they haven't been back since and they told her they can't send anybody out because there's a risk of COVID. I mean, surely doctors and nurses, it's part of their job to take a level of risk, you know, to see, I mean, if you want to go and see a a consultant face-to-face, if you both wear masks or whatever it is, sure, is not that part of the job.
1: That's it. I was a social care worker for four years, and yeah, that is unfortunately like just part of the job. And I do think that the majority of healthcare workers are not like that. Um, but I I just think this all really revolves around communication. We, the public, are not getting any communication from Simon Harris or anybody else on what a plan is for this, the way that we've had a plan for the economy reopening. And if that's happening on that level, I'm sure that's happening much more internally. Mm -hmm. The communication, like every single thing in life, has to work from the top down and the bottom up that's the way it needs to be. It needs to be fluid and we've had no insight at all and and that in itself is just so disrespectful.
0: Of course and there's people, real people who are fighting for their lives literally at the bottom of this chain so to speak. People like yourself who are literally fighting for their lives. Well I do wish you well Aoife and I just hope that Simon Harris pays heed because there's many people like yourself and many people around the country and many people maybe who don't even know that they're ill. um, You know who need to go and get their cervical checks or their mammograms or whatever it happens to be and we need to get these back up and running again to save lives in the future uh, the long term. Nice. listen thank you very much Eva and I wish you well and I wish you a good health going forward All right, thanks Nile thanks All for right. having me alright thanks Eva Eva Rafter who uh, believes that cancer screening should be back up and running face to face appointments with their consultants people should be able to get back to see their doctors um, and absolutely if we can open pennies and we can open we can get a big Mac in McDonald's uh, you know you can go to KFC uh, you know in a drive through why can't you go and get cancer screening it just doesn't make any sense. The one thing this is all about, this whole COVID-19, uh, whatever you want to call it, whatever you refer to it as, health pandemic, fiasco. Well, part of it's been a fiasco, certainly. It's all about health care. It's all about protecting people, isn't it? Isn't that what it was about? Protecting people, protecting the general public. Well, there's somebody like Eva, and many other women in her position and many other men around the country in their position who might feel unwell, have the early signs of cancer and they've nobody to go to. They can't see anybody. They're trying their best. And the minister is saying, oh, well, you know, hospitals are operating as usual. If you are sick with a non-COVID illness, you should go to the hospital. But they're not, they're being turned away. We had a woman last week, she was told to stand out on the road, for God's sake, because they didn't want her in the hospital because of COVID-19, because she had a bit of a cough which had nothing to do with COVID-19. She just happened to have COPD as well, part of her illness. I mean, we nearly need to get back on track here and start dealing with sick people. That's what it's, isn't that what the healthcare system is for? Sick people. That's what COVID-19 was allegedly all about, is protecting sick people, wasn't it? Well, let's protect the ones who are sick before COVID-19 came along and after COVID-19 goes away because they're still there, unless you want to let them all just die. Because that seems to be what's happening at the moment. Because it's more important of course that we, you know, we, we get a pint of beer and a, and a Big Mac now. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic hits.